from the pages of Professional Investigator Magazine comes PI Magazine, the podcast. Join us each week for the latest in the world of the professional investigator. Exciting guests, new equipment, marketing tips, software, PI advice, and more. Learn what's new and exciting in PI Magazine, the podcast. Now let's join our hosts and the publishers of PI Magazine, Jim Nanos and Nicole Cusinelli. And welcome everyone to this episode of PI Magazine, the podcast. I'm your co-host, Jim Nanos. I'm a licensed professional investigator based in Southern New Jersey. And joining me this evening is, is my co-publisher of PI Magazine, Nicole Cusinelli. Nick, how are you tonight? Good evening, Jim. How are you? I'm doing well. What's going on? Anything good? No, not much. Not, not much? Who do we have on the show tonight, Nick? Mike Aletta. Mike Aletta. And for those who listen to us on a regular basis, know that Mike is a frequent guest on the podcast. We've had him on before. He's one of the best surveillance techs that I know in New Jersey or anywhere for that matter. And we're always thrilled when we have Mike on the show. And this evening, we're going to talk a little bit about what I'm going to call the death of the surveillance van. Mike and I and Nick, we're going to chat a little bit about that and about uh, the uses of surveillance vans and how they seem to be going by the wayside. And I know Mike's got some insight and uh, I'll tell you some stories about myself. So Mike, why don't you start off the show and tell us a little about yourself. Hey, Jim and Nicole. Uh, thank you very much for having me back on. It's always Always a pleasure. I've, I've been a field investigator for almost 14 years now, and I've gotten to see some trends come and go as they do. Uh, I'm based in uh, Freeland, New Jersey. Uh, my company is Anchor Investigative Services. Yeah, there's, there's a lot to say about surveillance fans out there. So, so for the regular, <laughs> the regular listeners know that, that I'm a licensed PI in New Jersey, so is Mike. And at one point, uh, I think I had actually three surveillance vans on the road at one time. And like most PIs that, you know, we come from law enforcement or, or prior military. And back when I was a police officer, I mean, everybody had a surveillance van. Every department had one in the high tech vans and we always kept them, you know, hidden away in the garages and all and used them on those complicated high risk surveillances, you know, organized crime or gangs or something. And the natural progression is after you retire and you become a PI, you just figure I need a surveillance van. And I, I not only needed one, I needed three. I thought, why, why go small? Let's go large. And at one point I had three vans and, you know, I had the big, the typical large um, plumber's van with all the doohickeys inside for long-term surveillance. And then I had two smaller ones, which are Dodge caravans that were set up for short-term surveillance that I could, you know, do some surveillance and follow somebody. And uh, I used them fairly frequently, but I, I noticed a dramatic decline in the amount of time that I was using my surveillance van, moving more towards a, a car or a smaller vehicle. Uh, Mike, I know at one point you had a van also, right? Yeah, I had used a, um, a, a small Dodge Caravan like you had, like you had mentioned. And, uh, you know, we had it specced out where we were able to block the windows off and we were able to sit comfortably in the back and a couple small little amenities here and there. But, um, yeah, like you had said, it, it just, it started, we started getting away from using it. Um, it was a good, good little van. I mean, it was actually a purple Dodge Caravan and we called it the purple people eater, but, um, it, uh, it did its job, but we found that the, the requests of clients were starting to change to the fact where sur stationary surveillance wasn't always what they were looking for. So like any good company, we kind of had to adapt and overcome at that point, and like you said, move move more towards small SUVs or, or cars. Well, that that's a great point to illustrate it because I noticed when I saw the same trend with more of a, a moving surveillance, uh, that's why I went with the caravans because I figured I could do stationary surveillance, but if my claimant or my target 
went on the move, I could hop right in the front. Now I had at least a van I could try to keep up with them and or at least do some following because you, you can only follow somebody so long in a plumber's van with, uh, you know, ladders on the top and, and roof racks before somebody says, why is that gray van following me all this time? It's much easier to blend in. It's not very inconspicuous. It's not very inconspicuous, exactly. It, it's a lot easier with the minivan. My first van, the reason I think I'm going to say most police department or law enforcement agencies utilize surveillance van, you know, back in the day, and I, I use the air quotes there on that one, was the equipment was just so large. I mean, I, I can remember one of the vans that we had when we did narcotics was just, it was a regular old panel van, but the, the camera system was a, a great big bulky DVR with massive cameras and, you know, big thick cables and wires and you needed, you know, 17 batteries and there's just no room in these vans. You put two people in there, but the equipment was so large. So as the equipment began to micro downsize, there was no need for those big vans anymore. And I know in my particular case, I got rid of a lot of large equipment and I started equipping my vans more for comfort and safety. You know, I had a microwave in mine. I had a, a toilet in mine. <laughs> I had three computer screens. I had internet Wi-Fi. I had a nice ca- a bed. You in had there. a captain's chair. I, I had think. a captain's chair. And I mean, it was done up, you know, it was yeah. all carpeted inside. It was a professional van that I went, you know, the umpteenth degree with and had lots of batteries. So we had lots of power, but I noticed that it was just, it was more like gimmicks and toys in there to make my life easier it wasn't for the equipment. And and I noticed that as the equipment got smaller, the need for those big vans just, just didn't exist anymore. And, you know, I, I ended up ultimately parting and selling all three of mine because I was doing most of my surveillance in cars. You know, just think about, again, I'm going back to one of the first surveillance vans I actually worked in, had the great big camera in there and had all the batteries and the big large deck VCR and all that now is replaced with a Handycam. I mean, I don't need any of that. I've got the, a palm cam, a camcorder in my hand that has more recording capability than, than any of that big equipment. And, and Jim, that's a really good point. And I think to add on to that, I feel also that as technology has advanced, um, it's kind of given us as field investigators and surveillance investigators more leeway uh, with space uh, in many different ways. I mean, I have a I have a backpack that I use now as opposed to your van of full of equipment and the, you know, the, the things that we needed. And, you know, I have, you know, my, my primary camera, my backup camera, my psionics camera, and, you know, some, some USB charging uh, blocks in there and, you know, anything else I'm going to need for the day. And, and that's it. I go. And I've never been in a situation where I can't, I can't, you know, uh, overcome something. I mean, even as far down to as covert video, um, you know, you used to have five, you know, a whole, a whole small metal suitcase of different covert video uh, pieces of equipment. Well, I, you know, I use a case on my phone or my phone itself these days. And so it's as the technology and our cell phones and everything has advanced, it's definitely cut down on the bulk and the amount of equipment, equipment that we need to have on us. Um, do you, how big was your first cell phone, Jim? First cell phone. <laughs> thanks, Mike. <laughs> Thank, thanks for reminding. It was, it was the Miami Vice uh, brick phone. <laughs> one of those big ones. I had one of those. Actually. Yes. Uh, it was, it was, I mean, literally, it, you know, you, you go to talk on here, like the lights all dimmed in the area. I mean, it was a huge phone, but I mean, you're right. You've got, got, you've probably got more technology in your cell phone now than, than most guys had in their entire vans. And you're absolutely right. I've got more equipment in my tech bag or my camera bag, as you described the backpack, then I had probably in all three of my vans combined and all three of my vans mm-hmm. had periscopes that I had, I didn't use for the last three years. There was no use, no need to use the periscopes, but 
you know, back in the day, every surveillance van had to have a periscope, you know, because the equipment was mm-hmm. so large. You had to have those massive cameras to look through those little lenses. You don't need that anymore. Now you got a, a handy cam with, you know, 160 digital zoom and you can hold it in the palm of your hand and people don't even know, they can't even see it compared to what we used yeah. to operate with. Now, Jim, when I met you, were you still using the van? Because I, I remember it was like something out of an Austin Powers movie. And, you know, when Jim said, uh, come see my van, I wasn't sure. But, you that's, know, my, I, that's my pickup I, line, it was, like, come see my van. It was actually for real. <laughs> and uh, I was blown away. I mean, I, I couldn't believe it. You had, I mean, that thing was just decked yeah, out. I have, all three of them were pretty cool. But looking back, I mean, you know, towards the end, the last couple of years I had my vans, I used them much more to go to Home Depot to get things for the house at Home mm-hmm. Depot than I did to do for surveillance because it was just easier to hop in my car with my camera bag and everything I needed for even long-term surveillance was basically sitting in a seat next to me, at least tech-wise, than taking out one of those big vans and making sure all 12 batteries were charged up and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Just It's easier just to pick up the camcorder. And it's a lot easier to hide. I mean, I, I think looking back, it's probably much easier to hide a car than it was to maybe hide one of those vans, you know, and, and climb around in those vans. It's easier in the front seat of the car or hop in the back seat of the car. If you have like an SUV, I personally think the SUV is probably the ultimate surveillance platform for most of us or, or a midsize sedan. But the vans just, uh, I just don't see the need for them anymore. I know there's still a lot of guys out there that have them. And I got rid of my last one, you know, um, probably about six or eight months ago. And it, I wasn't using it. I mean, it was nice that you could say I've got a high tech van and as Nicole said, sometimes new clients want to see that you have equipment and it, maybe it was nice to show them a van, but ultimately I, I wasn't using it anywhere near as much as I should have been using or could have used it. And it definitely was not justifying the cost of maintaining and operating the van. Now, would there be a situation, uh, Mike or Jim, where the van would be, would still be more advantageous than not? Would there be a situation today? I'm sure there is. The only thing I could think of, and, and Mike, I'll, I'll defer to you a little bit, would be if you're on a surveillance that's long-term, right. that you've got to camp out for 15, 18. I mean, at one point, my, my plumber's van, I remember I did a job. I was in the van for 36 straight hours. You can't leave. because can't, You can't leave for a lot of reasons. Right. Either you got the, the primo surveillance spot or you're there for a long-term or you're waiting for something. But it was a 36-hour long-term surveillance. And it was like forever, but I had the microwave, I had soup, I had coffee, I had television. It was like I was in my living room, except a lot smaller. I even had Netflix I remember because asking, I had Wi-Fi. I remember asking, where do you go to the bathroom? You even had that figured I had out. the bathroom. We had impressive. it all worked out, but yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't want to do it again. But uh, how about you, Mike? What's your feelings on that? You know what it is? And I think um, the, the, the cases and the situations and even the clients um, have kind of evolved so much or changed. I don't even know if evolved is the right word, but um, that, that there, I have found anyway, that that activity that you're getting around the house or around the area of, of domicile that the, that the individual you're watching is, is in it not as important anymore as it once was. Um, and every case is different and every case has their own goals and objectives. And so what I'm saying is those, those cases where, getting that individual outside, raking the leaves or cutting the grass, they're, they're a little, for, for me anyway, they're a little more rare. They're not, that, that absolute vantage point of the resident is no longer, I find, as important as getting that person leaving, going to Home Depot and loading a sheet of plywood in their truck. You know, that, that's the big, that's the home run now. It's not, you know, raking a couple of leaves up and pushing them towards the curb. So I think with that change, that 
that demand to stay in such close covert uh, contact with the subject has diminished as well. And, and there goes the van at that point. Well, I think, you know, times have changed and, and it's not like we're talking a hundred years ago. You know, we're, we're talking maybe five, 10 years ago. I, I don't think people were nearly as mobile a number of years ago as they are now. So in the past, you know, you might have to camp out at somebody's house to get them, like you're saying, out cutting the grass or mowing mm-hmm. the lawn or raking leaves or something like that. I, I think you're more apt now to see somebody hop in her car and go somewhere and do something. And you've got to be prepared to follow them and take the surveillance on the road and be equipped to do that. And it's not always that easy to do in a larger vehicle or a van. So I, I personally, I, I find it much easier in a car or an SUV, even if it's a rental car for a short-term job, than ever to take out one of my vans. They're just not agile. And, and uh, I was going to also mention the fact that I'm sure these vans, like any vehicle, the upkeep must be immense, along with the equipment. If something goes wrong, I, I could imagine. Well, the equipment's expensive, and right. we all have to have a 12-year-old on a retainer to teach us how to use it and troubleshoot <laughs> everything. Uh, but you know, you're talking you know, commercial insurance on a vehicle is expensive. I right. mean, it was thousands of dollars. If, if you're going to do it right, and you're going to do it, um, again, I'm using the air quotes, do it legally, um, as you should, as we all should be because we're professionals, is you've got to have commercial insurance on your van. And, and you multiply that by three, you know, it, it's several thousand dollars a year just to have the thing on the road legally. You haven't talked about upkeep or maintenance or, or equipment or anything just to keep it on the road. And I really got to the point where I would think I would have to have that van running four or five days a week with somebody in it to generate the money it was costing me. And, and maybe not direct money, Justify like, it, yeah. not like the money I'm talking about putting gas in the van, but the, the things that you don't think about the insurance the registration and all those things that we just spoke about. It just, it just turned out, it just wasn't worth it in the long run. There's still a need for them. And it's, it's always nice to know somebody who has the van, but you know, this is one of those cases. Mm-hmm. My famous saying is sometimes it's better to know a guy than to be the guy. And in this particular case, <laughs> I personally think it's better to know somebody with a van than to be the guy with the van. Uh, because I just don't see the, the use for them as, you know, maybe five or 10 years ago. And I'm sure I know there are people probably out there right now listening that are arguing against saying that I'm wrong. And it's just my opinion and it's my feeling and my personal experience that I, I just seem like I'm much more successful with a car than I am or an SUV than with the van. I, I can't swap my vans out yet. If I'm doing a surveillance and I think one of my cars burnt, I can run down an enterprise rental car and I can get a car for 20 bucks for the next day. And I've got a totally different car or $25. I can't go paint my van, you know, the next day or, or take the rack off it or something. I mean, the van is the van. It's stuck and it's just so hard to move around. Mike, we're going to jump out for a commercial real quick. We'll come back and uh, we'll just finish up with some parting words. So everybody just hold on for a second. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by PI Magazine. The most respected voice of the professional investigator featuring stories and articles on current topics, equipment reviews, marketing tips, and investigative advice for the professional investigator. Don't miss a single issue of PI Magazine. Visit PIMagazine.com and subscribe today. PI Directory, the go-to directory for the professional investigator. List your agency today and detail your investigative specialties and coverage areas. PIDirectory.com, get your listing today. Go to PIDirectory.com. PI Gear, for all your professional investigator equipment needs, go to PIGear.com. 
professional-grade equipment and advice for real surveillance experts and professional investigators, visit PIGear.com. PI Gear, where the pros shop. Now back to our hosts, Jim Nanos and Nicole Cusinelli. And welcome back, everyone, to PI Magazine, a podcast. We're speaking with Michael Letta this evening of Anchor Investigations based out of Freehold, New Jersey. And we're covering an episode that I call RIP, the surveillance van. And we're talking about the death of the surveillance van. And Nicole had a really good point. Uh, we sort of went on break when we were playing the commercials. She had mentioned something that was pretty, pretty humorous. So, Nick, I'm going to turn it over to you. I, I was saying that Jim had traded his, uh, turned in his surveillance van and, and he turned it in for a bucket truck. So <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, that's a good point because uh, you don't need to sit and do as much uh, well, that's you know, true. stationary surveillance. That's I mean, true. I mean, a lot, I mean, of, a lot of companies and a lot of PIs are going to stationary fixed it's position a, cameras, not necessarily the surveillance van. It's, You're it's right. a game changer. And But it's funny how you would show up at my house and I would look out the window and say, I don't know who's here. Because every time you showed up, it's either a bucket truck or a van or something. So Got to keep her guessing. <laughs> yeah, keep me guessing. That's a good point that, that Nicole made. And, and that's that's kind of what I was saying before about the, um, the advancements of technology, because yeah, we do have those options now with stationary and unmanned surveillance uh, cameras. And that wasn't, that wasn't even, you know, I mean, that wasn't available to us, I would say five, six years ago, maybe, you know, a little longer uh, to the extent that they are now. So that's also a big game changer where you don't have to expose yourself in a van out there, you know, all that time. Right. And Mike, you can, you can spend your time being more productive doing other work. So that's exactly, that's a plus. Mike, so what's some of the equipment Mm -hmm. that you've, I'm going to say replaced your surveillance with uh, some of the equipment that you utilize now in lieu of all that stuff you used to have in your van? Well, uh, like like I said before, I mean, I, I have a, um, my, my trusty, 4k Panasonic handy cam. Uh, that thing has, you know, been through a lot of ups and downs with me and it, it keeps going. And that's my go-to camera. Um, I do have an older Panasonic camera that works just fine, but and I keep that on me as a backup camera in case something happens like every good surveillance investigator should. Um, I do, I do a lot of work with my phone. Uh, Jim, you and I actually worked a case together where I went into a home Depot and was able to get, you know, claim in, video in Home Depot with my phone because everybody has a phone in their hand these days and it doesn't look out of place. So I, I prefer to use that um, more often than not, unless the situation calls for something completely different. Um, I used, and we, we, we had done a previous show about the psionics camera, but I used it Saturday night on a case. Um, you know, I love that thing. It's, it's great. And uh, I try to use it every chance I can. But for nighttime and even dusk twilight videos, that's that's always on me within reach because you know I can I can get what I need with that, and especially because it has that 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 zoom capability on it, I still don't need to be on top of the claimant to get or the target to get what I need. So Where did you get name, that psionics camera? Um, <laughs> I believe it was pigear.com. Thank you. Uh, I actually, I, I, I saw it right on the homepage. <laughs> And uh, I called this guy. <laughs> this guy. You called this guy. So utilizing yep. your car now, do you see any really any real disadvantages from when you used a van? Obviously, besides the size. I mean, it's it's nice to be able to sort of stretch out if you had a large van. Do you see anything that really, really restricts 
your operation in a car opposed to what you were able to do in a van? Um, no. And that's, that's probably why a lot of people have gone away from the vans. I, I can't off the top of my head, think of one thing uh, aside from space and comfort, uh, that, that is restricted by using a small SUV. And I, I use an older Nissan Rogue right now. And, you know, the, the other key point is I don't know about other areas of the country that much, but in our, on our little corner of, uh, of, of the country here in New Jersey, there is an SUV everywhere, all the time, on every road, on every street, all over the place. So if you're going to blend in, you're going to blend in very well with, with, you know, one of those SUVs that you choose. So uh, that, that's another factor that goes into considering your van vehicle. But um, I don't really have anything that I would miss from the van, um, certainly not the gas mileage. Right, but I will play devil's advocate, as I like to do. And just from an outsider's perspective, like the, the non-PI, I would think that in some cases the van would give you some better cover. So, for example, the van you had, Jim, I mean, you could put something on the side that indicated it was a, like a work vehicle. I did that. Like I had the like magnetic a, signs. Like and, a plumber's you know, vehicle. I had lots of magnetic signs. And if you part that there, uh, somebody may not question that as opposed to seeing a vehicle sitting somewhere for five or six hours. And you had people come up and but, question that. But, you know, what's funny is I, on my early on, my mag- magnetic signs, I actually had a phone number on there. It was, it was right. one of my undercover phone numbers. And I had occasions where I was sitting doing a surveillance and somebody called the number on the side of the van. To but see you answered it. But I answered right. it. But they wanted to know why the van was parked so long in the neighborhood. That's and I, I played it off saying it was one of my guys working for me. He's got a, his wife lives in the neighborhood, ex-wife or, or something like that. But people actually do check you out. And I've learned my lesson is on my, like my bucket truck that you referred to earlier, I do not have a phone number on it. I've got a website. And you can go to the website, but there's no phone number on a website. It's a fake website but I limit the ability of, of people being able to contact you. Did you ever have, ever have anyone bang on the van? I, I don't think I ever had anybody bang, bang on the Bang on the windows no. or try to look in. All right, Mike, we, we do appreciate you being on the show tonight. Mike, if you want to tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you if you have any questions and your website and your information. Okay, yeah, and I appreciate uh, you guys having me on. Um, my name is Michael Letta. Um, my company is Anchor Investigative Services. Uh, my website is anchorpi.com, and I can be reached at 732-704-0264 or at mike at anchorpi.com. All right, great, Mike. Thanks. We're going to wrap up this episode of PI Magazine, a podcast. I'd like to thank our guest, Mike Aletta, of course, my co-host, Nicole Cusinelli, and board operator, Detective Jack Russell. Remember to support the advertisers and friends who support our profession and make this show possible. Join us next week for another episode of PI Magazine, the podcast. I'm your host, Jim Nanos. And until then, remember, stay professional and keep investigating. Thank you for joining us in this episode of PI Magazine, the podcast. Join us next week for a new and exciting show with your hosts and the publishers of PI Magazine, Jim Nanos and Nicole Cusinelli. Remember to check out our guests and sponsors' websites to support those who support our profession. Visit PIMagazine.com for the latest links, conference updates, and professional news, and subscribe today. Thank you again, and remember, keep investigating.